Welcome guys, welcome back to the In 10 Years Time podcast. Uh, I'm Ewan Blakeway and today we have Luke Okasimi. Okasimi. Oh my goodness! Luke Akasimi again for the dunk! Oh my goodness! Luke Akasimi! Luke, thanks so much. Uh, I know it was a bit difficult um, getting this set up and stuff, but uh, no, great to have you on board and thanks for doing it. First of all, I want to say that um, people want to like into the basketball. I mean, I'm not like really, really into it, but I knew I watch it. I watch the NBA sometimes. And um, obviously, when I was in, back in Birmingham, um, you were part of the City of Birmingham Rockets team that did really well last season in the in the NBL uh, Division Two. Now they're promoted to Division One. Um, so, yeah, first of all, just to know a bit about you, like where did you um, grow up? Because I don't did you come from? I don't think you came from Birmingham, did you? No, no. Um, I grew up in Bromley in southeast London. Uh, yeah, that's basically where I lived my whole life. And then when I was 18, I went to University of Birmingham. That's when I moved. So, yeah. Okay, cool. And um, ha- are you in a big family, small family? It's just um, my parents, my mum and dad. And I have an older brother. He's 28. Uh, oh, wait. No, he's 29 now. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, he also... He was also into sports, so he did. He's played football, so yeah, I've been into sports from young, pretty much. And um, like, how was school for you? Because when I was researching, I saw that you also did high jump before you did basketball. So, like, did you enjoy school and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. School was school was good. I went to school in Lewisham, which is also in Southeast London, and um, yeah, I used to do. Like I said, my brother did football. So I, when I was younger, I was doing a lot of football. And then through school, like sports days and stuff, I was doing running and high jump and stuff like that. I was pretty decent. And one of my mm. teachers said, oh, you should go to the local track and start training. So from there is when I started doing high jump. And yeah, I did that. I've been doing that a lot longer than I've been doing basketball, actually, because I took that from you know, when I was about 14, 15, all the way up to when I was around 19. Um, yeah, representing England, like at junior level and stuff. And then on my year abroad in um, uni is when I mm. actually started to pick up basketball. So not too long ago, but yeah. So you didn't actually pick up basketball. Did you? So you didn't pick up basketball here in the UK. You picked it up. It was when you went to was it Portugal. You yeah, went to, yeah. So you picked it up over there. Yeah, like I've been. What happened was obviously coronavirus, lockdown, and everything happened. So we didn't have um, access to tracks like athletics tracks and stuff like that. So we were doing a lot of practice, like just in fields and stuff like that, which was okay for like distance runners and, and those type of people but as someone that's doing like a technical event like a field event such as the high jump like it means you literally have no access to any like equipment or 
the bar or the bed or anything like that. So we just had to do a lot of improvisation. And that meant that like, I still, I had a lot of time outside of athletics that I wouldn't have necessarily had during a normal season to um, try other things. So I'd be going down to the park in um, in Selyok, which is where, <laughs> which is the neighborhood, like the student neighborhood. I know about it. Yeah, of course, yeah. everyone uh, from Berlin knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's like a park and um, I was going down there and I was just playing for fun. Um, yeah, I was, just, I was just playing basketball for fun, like with random people that I met there. And then when I went to Portugal, I was like, you know what, this, you know, a new country, new opportunity. I might as well see what there is for basketball. I've enjoyed playing it for fun. I might as well see if I can find a team. And that's when... I was fortunate enough to find a team in uh, Portugal's Division One called Atletico, and um, they took me on, which a lot of clubs wouldn't have done. You know, someone who's twenty years old and never played basketball, like mm. taking the world step, but they, you know, they had faith in me, and yeah, I'm always grateful for that opportunity. Were you when the lockdown happened? Were you here or were you in Portugal? You were here. I was here. I was here. Okay. Time. All right. So um, can you can you speak, you must be able to speak Portuguese and like what made you want to go to Portugal? I know it was a placement year, but. Yeah, my course, my course at university was modern languages with business management. So for A-levels, I did Spanish and French. And when I came to uni and I got an opportunity to do modern languages, you could do multiple languages, but you could also pick up a beginner's language. So I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, Portuguese and Spanish are quite similar. So mm. I might have the opportunity to pick up another language. So I literally, at uni, I chose to do Spanish and Portuguese. Um, so I literally picked up Portuguese from scratch in at the end of 2019. And then, yeah, in 2021, it was time for the year abroad. And because um, that's mandatory as part of, if you're a language student, you have to mm. live in, country that speaks the language so yeah that's cool no because um oh yeah no that's that's really good that you wanted to go and live in another country as well because i know people like especially our age wouldn't even like think of like doing that obviously um especially yeah uh, that's that no that's really cool um what was it what was it like living out there i mean the weather was better for a start but like <laughs> now nah, the weather was good obviously it was it was during COVID, so it wasn't the the typical student experience or like it wasn't as lively because there were still restrictions here or there. But um, it's very different. Like university life is very different there from how it is here because like, you know, you've got a lot more people commuting, like they live local. So they just come to class, go home. Like there were less societies, less like... Um, uni accommodations like full of um full of loads of students from everywhere like parties or whatever it is that like everyone like there was less of but again that probably had part to do with covid um but yeah it's a different experience i can only speak for the university i was at which was university of lisbon um but yeah so it was it was an interesting contrast but obviously me once i picked up basketball it was like you know it's all right that there aren't too many distractions anyway because you know i have a lot of ground to catch up in this sport anyway so mm. it was good to dedicate a lot of time to that and 
you said you're doing uh, modern languages um, with a business management as well. Obviously, now you're playing for Surrey Scorchers, which is a professional team in the British Basketball League. Have you ever thought about, because um, you, like you said, you've got a lot of ground to make up because you started it a bit later. Did you ever think about, uh, you know what, I'm just going to stick to business or languages or whatever and try and think of a career to do that full time? Or did you, once you started your basketball journey, you're like, no, I'm, I'm going to try and go full throttle on this? To be honest, as like, as crazy as it may have sounded at the time, like, you know, being a 20 year old who's never played a sport, trying to go professional in it, like, it, it makes, it kind of makes you sound crazy, but I was a very driven person and I've already had the background of trying to make it in athletics, which, you know, unfortunately I, I didn't have the like self-belief or the patience really to actually push through with that. Hence, me changing sports but once I was like I'm changing sports I was I was all in on um trying to go as far as I can as far as like my talents would take me you know if if I reach my peak whatever the whatever sport it is whatever level whatever age if I reach my peak as long as I know that I've tried the hardest that I can I'm going to be happy with myself because everything else you're talking about with like the business side and the languages and everything like that I think you know, in, in 2023 now, we know that athletes are capable of doing both. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you're an athlete and all you do is, like, eat, sleep, breathe your sport. Like, we've got lives outside of the sport. We can, there's so many athletes now that have be a presence on social media or they are into business or investment or whatever it is. So I knew that I'm going to give it my all in basketball, but also as you say, not sort of neglect the other, you know, talents I may have. Mm. And you mentioned like having a presence on social media. I noticed that you've got your own YouTube channel, um, Lukok TV, and you've also got the music room, which is, is it, is that more like a TikTok kind of thing? Cause I know you've got shorts on it as well on your channel. So it's like creating I know you said it's important just to market yourself, but also is creating content, like online content. Is that something that's a bit of a passion for you as well? Yeah, it's definitely, it's something I've always loved, like creating videos because like whenever I was younger, I was always into like watching, be it like adverts or like promotional things. You know, if if Nike do like a promo campaign or things like that, like I always loved watching those or like say at the end of like the World Cup, for example, it would mm. be like a, a montage at the end compiling like everyone's like highlights and everything. I was always into that when I was younger. So I then developed a passion for actually wanting to create things myself. And it was just something I used to do for fun here or there until um until again lockdown happened tiktok sort of blew mm. and i just made videos like just for fun on tiktok like i wasn't even i wasn't thinking oh yeah this is a perfect opportunity to to <laughs> start this career i was just making videos for fun like everyone else did and then obviously the story you know they got a lot of views and stuff like that and the next thing i know i was essentially a content creator so it started, I think that's the best way for these passions to start, where it's like, you're not even looking at it as a career, you're just looking at it as a hobby. And then, you know, I was grateful enough to be able to now 
work on all of these different platforms that you're talking about. Like, yeah, I have an interest in music, basketball, football, athletics, like, and I just mm. have the opportunity to talk about those things on my platforms. Mm. Yeah, no, I was watching, it was a funny one, like, um, whether you've heard of like Colo G songs and then your mate, he knew like all of them and then you were just sitting there. And then I think one of the ones, I think it was like pop off or whatever, then you knew that one. Then you went back to like, they're just, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, well, like really people are passionate about music and stuff like that. So me just being like, I'm not interested in this artist, you know, because <laughs> everyone's just, out here like abusing me and stuff on <laughs> social media because I don't like <laughs> but yeah like yeah. It's, it's just fun really me and my friend yeah uh, no, no, no it was good um do you think growing I mean I'm not too sure how you've been if you follow it closely but obviously there's the thing with misfits that there's a big debate in boxing anyway at the moment because misfits is these guys they've built loads of like followers and stuff on YouTube or whatever now they're going into boxing and stuff do you think that's important now? Because you do it really well. I mean, you've got over 20,000 followers on Instagram and like your short little clips from your highlights and stuff, they're sick. But like, do you think growing your profile now as an athlete, it's more important than ever just to get people to watch and, and care for you? Because you could be, you know, an amazing athlete, one of the best in the world. But if you're not active on social media now, then no one's going to really know who you are. And I don't know. I just want to know what you thought about that. I think it it depends on two things: your the sport that you're in, and um, what you want to get out of the sport. So, like, if you're in a sport like so, let's take basketball for example, where the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic, he doesn't he doesn't use social media, and he doesn't care about social media. He doesn't care about people's perceptions of anything true. like that. And yeah, people know he's the best player in the world, like if you follow the sport, right? Mm. But that's because basketball is such a popular sport worldwide that mm. you're going to get recognition just for being good, you know what I mean? Whereas in, say, the sport that I used to do, um, track and field, it's not as popular. Like people don't really watch it outside of the Olympics. Like it's not it's not the same as other sports where you've got like a yearly circuit that people are paying a lot of attention to. So if you don't have a big presence on social media, bear in mind the majority of your earnings and things like that is going to come from endorsements rather than prize money because the prize money in a sport like that isn't anywhere near some of the other sports. If you're really trying to um, make a living out of it, make a career out of it, it's more important in those kind of sports that you have a social presence because that's where the endorsements are going to come from and things like that. But if you if you if you don't care about that lifestyle and you're just interested in you know being the fastest runner you can be or whatever, then ultimately it's down to you what you want to get out of your career. Mm. Um. Yeah. No. That's that is that's true actually about Jokic because yeah he's very like he's not like he's not like lebron or anything like that in that he's not very flashy or he doesn't you know post stuff but yeah everyone just knows he's the best at the moment um yeah i just wanted to know that um so your biggest achievement so far as in your professional uh or not you weren't professional at the time but in your basketball career is definitely last season like i said when you're part of the Birmingham Rockets team that won the NBL Division 2 i i remember 
when we tried to get you on last time, I think I was speaking to like a secretary or something like that, and he was telling me how like they think if they've got big things coming for Birmingham Brockets and stuff, they've got big plans. So, why do you think they you guys did so well last season and um and and going forward as well? And um, why do you think they just dominate that part of? I know they're not in the BBL at the moment for now, anyway, but why do you think they're dominating it? Um, I think it all starts from the top, like with um, Rob Palmer and Kirk Bills, they were like, you know, in charge of everything going on at City of Birmingham and they really set the tone. They were very involved with the players, with the coaches, with the team, with the fans. And it's like, if you have people so invested from the top, um, it sort of sets the tone for everyone else. And now... You know, the coach has to be on top of it. The players have to be on top of it because um, they made it clear at the start what the expectations were for the team. They're investing a lot as well into, for example, generating a good game day experience for our fans so that our fans would, you know, come back again. That generates revenue, that generates the support. And then you can invest even more into the club, the youth teams, so much more. So I think that's really what, started it and then of course recruiting the right players because we had like a really well built team for that division and um yeah everyone really just bought into what was going on there like everyone was really invested and it was clear that if you if you're not on board with that then you know you can go somewhere else kind of thing so yeah it was um, it was really good from from the top all the way down to like players and everyone that worked there and the fans it was just a good um sort of atmosphere there mm. I'm, I mean that's the same for football as well um you know I'm not I'm not a United fan but I know United fans always say the reason they're all so bad is because the people at top like their owners or whatever and it just sinks down to the whole team so no I think that's definitely a common denominator in all sports as well as it's well run at the top then it all you know, trickle down to the team and everything. Um, after playing uh, in Portuguese basketball for a bit as well, and now that you've come back to British basketball, I'm interested in knowing, like, in terms of culture with the sport, you told, talked about just the way of life for university over there, but in terms of basketball, like, how does it compare to it in the UK? Well, obviously it's interesting because that was my first experience of basketball. Mm. So it's I'd experienced basketball in the UK and then went out and had a change. If anything, that formed what I knew about basketball. Um, but it, it's a different game. Obviously, I was playing at, um, I played at different levels each year. So it's hard to compare the specifics of the game and physicality and things like that, because in Portugal, I was in Division One, um, which, but their system is different. They have two pro leagues. And then they have the National Division One, whereas in the UK, there's one pro league and then it's Division One, Division Two, all of these things. But the main thing I found, like when I was out there, was there was a lot more of a focus on, you know, the technical side of basketball. Like there were less guys that they're just super athletic or super tall, strong, and just going to run and jump and do things like, which is probably just like, a genetic thing of like the two countries but like 
they had more like smaller technical players, whereas here you'll find a lot more people that may not be as good technically, but maybe a lot faster or able to jump a lot higher at those levels. When the higher up you go in any country, like you're gonna have um you're just gonna have guys that can do everything because they're coming from America and they're coming from different countries. But um yeah, that was the main difference I found on the court. And then off the court, I think everything about the culture from just the Portuguese culture sort of shifted into what the um basketball was itself. So it's obviously very different because it was two different um languages and things like that. So like I found myself a lot more on the outside of like the team in terms of I wasn't as involved because, you know, not only was I new to the sport, but I'm new to the country, I'm new to the um language and all of these different things. So it's kind of hard to compare because I was in a very different situation in both years. Mm. Uh no, that, that's that that's interesting because I I'm always interested in knowing like because I think sometimes people f- forget about like countries that are doing that aren't English speaking. If that makes sense, I think they forget about oh, like these sports are actually going apart from football, obviously. But there's actually these sports going on over there as well. Um, how did you now? Obviously, you're at uh, Surrey Scorchers in the British Basketball League. Um, now, were you when I was looking at? Because I actually didn't know too much. Obviously, I know how the NBA draft and that stuff works, but I didn't actually know how the British basketball recruitment stuff works, which is terrible. I know I should know that. But um, so they they can externally recruit you, but the, you can like a scout, I guess. But like you can you can also apply to join. So how did you join the Surrey Scorchers? Did you apply to join? Did you like send off a CV resume or whatever, or did someone pick you up? Well. It's interesting because when I came back from my year abroad in February um, 2022, I came back to the UK. And obviously, as I said, I hadn't played basketball before, so I didn't really have anywhere to go back to or anything like that. I was just Mm. and I was just looking like, okay, I still want to I've done well in Portugal and I want to keep up this basketball until the season ends. So I was like. I was just looking for teams around my area. As I said, I'm in Southeast London. So I was looking, okay, what's the best teams around? And um, Surrey Scorchers is one of the two BBL teams in this sort of region, the other one being London Lions. So Mm. I reached out to to the coach at the time and he said, yeah, I can come down and train because I just sent him like, my stats and stuff from Portugal, which were impressive. So they let me come and train. And then even though obviously I'd only been playing basketball for like four months and I was training with professionals and it was there was a lot that I had to learn, they saw my potential sort of. So they let me train with the team for the rest of the season. Um, so that was about two months of training I had with them, which was great. Obviously, I then had to go back to uni to complete my yeah. um, final year. So the the coaches essentially got in touch with, um, or they they basically sent me. They recommended me to City of Birmingham, um, which is 
as you know, where I ended up going. Mm. And then once the season was over and um, we'd done well and I'd performed well throughout the season, um, Sorry, basically reached out to me to start coming during the summer and training with them and things like that. And it, it basically progressed from there. So it wasn't really a typical, you know, just randomly getting a call or a message or anything like that. It was like that relationship was already there from the season before. And then it gradually, when I now came back to London after uni, um, it just was the next step that made the most sense, like for both sides. Hmm. And also that's quite good as well, because you're from the area as well, too. Obviously, like the how basketball stuff work, uh, franchises, clubs, whatever works, that's quite often they'll get people, especially at that level, from different parts of the country or from like America or whatever. So that's good that they've got like a home chrome kind of uh player playing uh for you. Um were there any other team obviously you mentioned London Lions, um, were they the only other team? you thought about going to or did you think about going outside of London? Um, no, so the BBL is a it's a small league. So there's only um mm. 10 teams and the, those were the only two teams like the rest of them are like Plymouth or Glasgow and just places but that just... did 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 you ever think about going like just moving out of London in general? I mean like just not at the time obviously it was um I knew that I still had to go back to uni for my final year, so I was going to stay in London. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I get you. I was only just looking for a place to train. Obviously, London Lions is like, they're they're like playing in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, even going to the Surrey Scorchers, like a professional team off the back of um, like just a few months of playing, a lot of people would have probably looked and been like, what are you doing? Kind of being... (laughs) Mm. But I was just like, you know what, if I go there and they say, nah, we're not interested in having you, I'll just look, okay, what's the next level, Division 1? Okay, let me see if I can go there kind of thing. I, I, mm. I'm not really, I wasn't really scared of, like, it going wrong or, or failing or anything like that because I'd just kind of be onto the next one kind of thing. That's good. No, no, that's cool. I just wanted to know, um, but no, that, that definitely makes sense. Um. Obviously, the Scorchers, they finished uh, bottom in the championship um, last year in the BBL, if I'm not mistaken. So what's uh, what's the aim for this season? Obviously, you won't want to finish bottom again. So is it just trying to get into, I don't know, top eight, top nine, like 10th? Like, what's the, what is the aim? Yeah, so the, the playoffs is, um, to make the playoffs, is the top eight. Mm. Um and yeah, the team's definitely looking to be in the playoffs. Um, we, we've shown some good signs so far this season. Um, it's a it's a long season that yeah, it's a long yeah, it's long. So I think we're finding a good rhythm now. Mm. And yeah, I don't really like putting a a sort of cap or a limit on what you can do or whatever. But I just know that yeah, we we're building well together as a team. And hopefully we should get a good amount of wins this season. Mm. And you just, I just like, you just beat, uh, well, not just beat, but you beat Manchester Giants um, the other day as well. Um, so that was good. Um, what's been, how have you found the difference when you've been playing? What's been, have you found the difference in quality between playing teams in the 
in in Division Two last season and obviously playing in the BBL, like is it a massive difference or is it not as big as you thought? I have like an interesting contrast because I'm one of uh, a few players in the Surrey school to system that is on what we call the pathway team as well. So we have a oh, okay. Division Three team as well as the um, BBL team. And that means that, so the Division Three team is made up of um, myself, a few players around, like in colleges surrounding the area and the University of Surrey players as well. We basically make up the Division Three team. And a few of us also get the opportunity to train with the BBL team. So essentially, like, I've got a really interesting contrast where on the one hand, there is that that difference in level that you're talking about from Division Two to the British Basketball League. But then on the other hand, I'm playing in Division Three, which is a division below where I was playing last year. Mm. So I, I don't really, it's not like I feel solely the massive jump in standard because I've been between the two but the main difference that I found when I have got the opportunity in the British Basketball League and when I'm training with them and everything is is um obviously there's going to be a skill level difference that's to be expected but you've also got a lot more size a lot more athletes taller players um stronger players particularly in my position like mm. um a lot of the centers they they may be so I'm like six foot eight so they may be like my height, but like, you know, 30 kg heavier, heavier than mm. me. Or That's what I found. The, the physicality of it is um is very, very different, I would say. Mm. I guess that's gonna be part of the thing the Scotch will do is like getting getting bigger and stuff. Um obviously it's a bit of a I think a lot of people ask this to young and upcoming basketball players, but obviously it's every basketball player's dream to play in the NBA. Um, how much do you, does that play on your mind? Like, oh, am I gonna am I gonna get there? Will I ever get to the NBA or anything like that? Or because you st- like because you started so late and you're just happy to be where you are at the moment? Do you not really just think about that? Yeah, to be honest, I haven't because because I did start late. It's not mm. like I was, you know, 12 years old with like a type of dream. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That was for me, that was more like, uh, I want to make it to the Olympics as a high jumper or whatever. Like mm. that was that was my NBA, so to speak. So mm. I don't really think I have any time to be thinking about uh this is ultimately where I want to reach or whatever, because due to starting late there's I, I don't actually know what my potential could be because there's so much that I'm still learning now at the age of mm. 22 that guys were learning at the age of 13 you know what I mean so mm. I'm just focusing on being the best that I can for the level that I currently play at and then I'll see where that takes me mm. okay yeah that's that's good that's good because yeah starting late is obviously strange thing almost for all like young athletes obviously being your age you've only been doing basketball for a couple of years which is which is crazy but you're at the basketball league so yeah I guess 
review it's obviously you're going to work hard and stuff but I guess it's not the same as someone like you said who's started basketball when they're younger and looked up to LeBron and stuff but um two I've got three more questions two quick ones favorite player all time and who do you and who do you think is going to win I know it's a long season but who do you think is going to win the NBA this season <laughs> um my favorite player would have to be Russell Westbrook okay because yeah like I I really liked Oklahoma City back in like 2015-16 and then mm-hmm. when Durant left I was like <laughs> I'll be real I was a bit of a hater on Kevin Durant <laughs> as a result I just I was just like I was back in Westbrook so I was watching all the highlights from every Oklahoma game and he won MVP and I was just like yeah he was definitely my favorite player I used to love how he played um but second is also the person that I'm going to back to win the championship which is Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks because oh, okay. with that with that um, trade for Damian Lillard, mm. I think they're both literally the perfect pairing for each other. And we'll see that hopefully result in a championship this year. So, yeah. Oh. Is, that, so, is that who you support then? I don't want to say I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan because I know that <laughs> if you had, I'd probably leave too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not going to go out and say that because it's different from like football or something where you've got like teams, of, like local teams you can support, like a team in London or something like that. So mm. I have loyalty to Milwaukee, but mm. that's that one to win the championship. Okay, okay. Uh, that's cool. I just want, wanted to know. Um, my, my, mine's, uh, mine's Dennis Rodman. That's my favourite player. I don't really have a favourite team yet, I guess, because I don't follow it too closely. But Rodman's my favourite. Um, final question. I ask this all to all of my guests. Uh, where You're 22 now. Uh, where would you like to see yourself in 10 years' time with basketball or just life in general? Uh, that's a great question. Hopefully still playing professional basketball. Um, and but also obviously that will be towards the end of my career so hopefully I'm, I'm set up in life and I've got you know I'm into the media now like I'd love to one day be sort of manage a media company putting out content or who knows what the content landscape is going to look like in 10 years time right but mm. what in two years like uh, documentaries and and following the stories of athletes or just people in general. So hopefully working in the media in that sort of capacity is where I see myself. Great. Luke, you've been amazing to talk to. Really good chat. I loved it. Um, Yeah, thanks so much. I'll make sure to put your uh, Luke Hawk TV and all that stuff in the description as well on the music room stuff. So, yeah, no, thanks so much, Luke. You've been great. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.